Five-Year Mission The Podcast, Episode 2.5. This week's episode of Five-Year Mission The Podcast is brought to you by Fansets, the place for amazing pin collectibles. See all the pins and collectibles they have to offer at fansets.com and stay tuned for this week's special Five-Year Mission The Podcast discount code. Fansets, we are Star Trek. Welcome to a special supplemental kind of sort of episode. We're going to call it episode 2.5. Does that work for you? Sure. Yeah. Episode 2.5 of Five Year Mission, the podcast. I know we're still pretty new at this, a little early on to do a supplemental, but we figured that this was kind of a special circumstance. Uh, I am Andy Fark, one of your co-hosts. I should got to remember to introduce myself from now on. (laughs) (laughs) Laughing at me over there is Mr. Mike Rittenhouse. Hello. (laughs) That was sultry. Hi. There, that's a little, that's a little better. And uh, he's popping our cherry here, uh, our very first guest. Uh, You may know him from the world of Twitter. You may know him from knowing way too much about Star Trek. Uh, You may know him. From the Trek Ranks podcast over on the Tricorder Transmission Network of Star Trek podcasts, it is Mr. Jim Morehouse. How you doing, Jim? Hey, I'm doing good. Did you really have to frame it like that? Um, okay, well, okay, I, 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 forgot, I forgot one then. Yeah, also, what, wait, what else did you forget? Five-year mission super fan. Oh, that is true. That's that very is true. true. I stalked you guys to uh, let you know how awesome your music is. But yes, <laughs> I'm here. Uh, Enterprise Extra, Trek Ranks. Looking forward to talking with you guys about Star Trek. Well, that's why we brought you on, because, you know, we're new at this. You're, you're a seasoned podcaster. <laughs> yeah, and I am. A, I'm a fake. <laughs> a fake. <laughs> fake. And, and, you know, just in case we start getting some facts wrong or the conversation lulls, I know you're going to have some Star Trek facts to pull out of your butt. That is uh, exactly where they will come from. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> kind of what I figured. I mean, I've, I've seen you compete in some Star Trek trivia out in Vegas, and it was a sight to behold. It was pretty great. Our good, our good buddy Adam Drozen beat me by like two points. <sighs> it was It was awesome. Good times. Good times. So, Jim, uh, obviously Andy and I have been guests on Trek Ranks, and we know all about it, but why don't you tell anybody listening who has not heard of it what it is? I will definitely tell everybody. So Trek Ranks is a podcast about all the reasons that we love Star Trek, and we, uh, we use Ranks as kind of our crutch just to have a fun conversation about Star Trek. So we pick all these... Uh, out there topics some are not out there some are normal some are crazy and uh, we bring on some guests and we rank our top five but it's not really about the ranks it's just about an excuse to talk about star trek so no arguing no nitpicking 
we cover it all tos all the way through to discovery and the kelvin timeline and we love it all star trek trek especially the animated series right and uh the animated series <laughs> lower decks which is coming and looks awesome oh yeah I'm, i can't, can't I, wait for see, lower since decks. we're not on trek ranks i can speak more freely that i'm not a big fan of the animated series because well, we, I think, we, we, we we are yes. well aware of this <laughs> i think that that's obvious on track ranks as well jim <laughs> i no, i kind of <laughs> try to talk around it a little bit because i don't want to get into all that we try to be positive we're always positive all of our topics at track ranks are our favorites we don't talk about our worst or the, the any kind of negative list the, so the least favorites yeah yeah there's, there's there's a little too much uh listen we can snark as good as anybody oh absolutely but there's, there's a little too much snark out there in terms of all these podcasts where all they end up doing is talking about all the things that they didn't like or the nitpick <laughs> and i'm over it so i just want to have a podcast that uh talks about the things that we like and appreciate yeah we are we are going to stay as far away from podcasters and vloggers like and things like that so yes yeah, way too much of that we crap are, out there we are not gonna go down that road and before this podcast ends before you guys are done we're gonna you're gonna love voyager that's what's gonna <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> okay all right don't, don't don't go there that's a tall order morehouse <laughs> yeah you you and i are very similar jim where yes. as we we love it all from the good to the bad Farg is not as forgiving. No. <laughs> no. No. He'll come around on Voyager, though. He, he recently admitted to me that there are characters on Voyager that he really likes. Yeah, characters. I didn't say episodes. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not talking about Voyager today. Nope. Tonight, no. we are focusing on uh, probably... Someone who was in an episode of Voyager. That's true. Car. Yeah. Yeah. Initiations. That's right. He played. He played a Kazon in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but tonight we are focusing um, with the recent passing, sudden passing of Mr. Aaron Eisenberg. Um, we decided that it would be probably a fitting tribute to go back to one of my all-time favorite episodes of Star Trek in general. Probably in my top five of all-time Star Trek episodes. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. So cool. tonight we're going to be discussing It's Only a Paper Moon. I know it's a fan favorite. Um, it's a pretty heavy episode. There's some lighthearted moments, of course, because, uh, I mean, Vic Fontaine's involved. I mean, how can you not get lighthearted with Vic Fontaine involved? I mean, unless it's Mirror Universe Vic Fontaine. <laughs> Who's human for some reason. Right. But we're not nitpicking. We're not, we're not, we're not nitpicking here. <laughs> Morehouse already told us. <laughs> We're going to try to adhere to the Trek ranks rules. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, tonight we're going to discuss uh, the episode. It's only a paper moon. Season seven, episode 10. Uh, it is getting into the final run where the poop hits the fan. <laughs> I wanted to say the other word, but I'm trying to keep yeah. Mike from having to edit too much. <laughs> where the poop really starts hitting the fan. And uh, we're in the home stretch of Deep Space Nine. Where, where the gawk hits the fan. Yeah, there we go. It's in right in the middle where the crap hits the fan. I mean, it comes two oh. episodes after the Siege of AR-558, which is like as heavy an episode of Star Trek ever. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that they, that episode alone was just like the apocalypse now of like Star Trek. Yes. <laughs> pretty yeah, much. it is. It is. That's a really great analogy. <laughs> 
true. But yeah, tonight it's only a paper moon. Um, Jim, where does that where does that rank on Trek ranks? Do you know? So yeah, I didn't mention that. We also have a website, trekranks.com, where I have ranked every episode of Star Trek before I had a podcast just because I wanted to do it. I just <laughs> wanted to put them out there somewhere. Uh, I also ranked five-year mission songs. So those are there as well. Um, but I haven't added year four yet. I've been really slow. I just can't do it. Jeez, can't Jim. There's too many good ones. It's too hard. All right, I'm <laughs> off topic. But it's a five-year mission, the podcast. That's so true. it's appropriate. It ranks on Trek ranks on my DS9 ranks, number 66, Sweet. which is actually really? really high. That's high. That's top third. And That's true. And when I break, I mean, there's so many good episodes of Deep Space Nine. Yeah, yeah. And the one thing I'll say is my number one rank criteria, if you listen to my show, is always about the one that I want to rewatch. rewatch the most. And that's not this episode because it's so heavy. It, it, so I always, yeah, I always kind of come down if I can only watch one for the rest of my life. Which one am I choosing? Is kind of my rank criteria. And I love this episode. It's perfect. It's beautiful. <clears throat> But I'm really gonna be like, hey, let me watch that one. Let me wa- let, let me let me watch kind of a bummer episode because it is it's tough. So it's what tough. episode of Deep Space Nine is number one, Jim? Number one is Past Tense, which is also a heavy episode. Oh, yeah, wait, but I love it. It's so much because it's so Past Tense part, <laughs> part part one or part, part two. One and, part one and two. <laughs> right? no, I, they're one and two, and number three is uh, of course. Uh, I, I I love that we could see you on video just like <laughs> beating yourself having, up right now. Having, well, I always actually it's funny because I always conflate these two titles in the pale moonlight. Uh, no, okay. Oh, uh, nice. No, it's not come along home. No, come no. along <laughs> home is a little bit lower. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, it's number sixty six, but that's still a solid A in my book. Oh yeah, absolutely. And. And yeah, it's an amazing, amazing episode. If I were to rank all of the Deep Space Nine episodes, this episode would probably be in around the same place for me, I think. Yeah, I and, and that's one of the things I always, that's one of the reasons I did this, because I'm the kind of guy that when an episode would come on, came on, I'd be like, oh, this is top five. And my wife's <laughs> like, you say that about every freaking episode. Well, apparently for Andy, it is. It is. <laughs> and I'm like, I kind of do. So I need to come up with a list. So I made my list and then I, made a website and, and the rest is kind of what I'm doing. So yeah. What was, what, yeah. what was great about this episode um, was last night I rewatched it for the first time in a while and I knew it was going to be kind of a rough watch, you know, with Aaron passing and everything like that. Um, but I watched it with my girlfriend and her roommate who have only seen one single episode of DS nine. And it was the very first episode. And they, with Discovery, they wanted to watch episode after episode after episode because they were way into it. With Deep Space Nine, they were like, they never brought it up again. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, do you guys mind if I watch an episode of Deep Space Nine because I got to do a podcast tomorrow? This is like one of my favorite episodes of Star Trek in general. And they were like, yeah, sure, okay, we'll we'll do that. And they weren't too enthused by it. By the end, they were like, all right, where did you say that Deep Space Nine truly got good? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so now, so now they want to go back through and just basically have me explain the first two seasons of Deep Space Nine so they can get into it, just so they can get into the super really good episodes of Deep Space Nine. Well, you know, Space I Nine. just not to get off on a tangent. I just did. You know, we, you guys were on my. We did the TOS underrated. You guys were uh, the guests on yeah. that show. Uh-huh. We just did DS9 underrated. Mm-hmm. 
And I chose all of season two as my underrated because there's that dude. There's so many good episodes there. You can find a few in there. Oh yeah, yeah. Like anyway, for sure. Off on a tangent, but yeah, I would start them in there. I mean, the trilogy at the beginning of that is incredible. So that's the circle, right? Yeah, the circle trilogy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but that's cool. So they loved it when they watched it. Yeah, yeah. They like they by the end they were like they just wanted more, and I was like, and I was like. But now you got to think this isn't the original Dax and this uh, Cisco obviously has his head shaved and the goatee. And that's when he truly started kicking ass in the series in general. All of the characters are fully developed at that point. Yeah. Like Nog has already joined Starfleet. Rom is for a while. Yeah. For for like three seasons. Yeah, exactly. And like Rom has left Quarks and he's on his own career path. He's married to Lita. Um, Cassidy Yates is in the mix. A.K.A. Nogs Moogie. Moogie. Lita, I mean, not Cassidy Yates. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, this episode is hitting on all cylinders on that level in terms yeah. of the characters. Yeah, was, I mean, one of the things I noticed in my rewatch, I always forget about this scene, and I, I made a note of it because it's going to be a, in a future episode of Trek Ranks, a topic we're looking at, but that moment where <laughs> they're they all trashing all the uh, all of – uh, Bashir's yes. holiday programs. programs. Yeah. He's just like, hey, 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 <laughs> sitting right here. <laughs> Not like that stupid Alamo program. Hey. Uh, or that Viking program. Hey. <laughs> that That is a confident show and character in writing. It's so good that when they pull that off. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, I thought this episode in particular – it was like basically the continuation of is, is it the siege of AR five five eight? Correct. That, yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't remember the very first part of it. Which is only like it's like two episodes before this, so it's basically yeah. almost a, almost a two part. Almost a two part. Like literally, yeah. literally back to back. They they have these. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. And so like, Rom returns from Starfleet Medical, and obviously everyone's very happy to see him. No, you mean? Yeah, no. Did I say wrong? You said wrong. Man, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna do that a couple times. So yeah, Nog's returning, and the entire crew is there to greet him. They're super happy to see him, and obviously he gets off the shuttle just a just a broken man. And they're they were expecting like a happy homecoming and everything. That's kind of what they wanted, but they didn't know what they were getting as soon as he was getting off, get, getting off that shuttle. Yeah. I'll, and I'll say my first thought right at the beginning was during that scene. Cause you already know how emotional this episode already is. Yeah. And now you know, you're watching it realizing that, you know, Aaron Eisenberg is no longer with us. And I mean, it's really, really hard. Oh hard. yeah. Like immediately when he came on screen last night, when I was rewatching this, I, I started tearing up. My girlfriend noticed and she just had held my hand. Yeah. It's sad. I mean, a guy that's so, so full of life, which I know we'll talk about. So yeah. Yep. <sighs> yeah. This is as the, as the episode goes on, um, he basically chooses to, just kind of hide himself away and just uh, basically immerse himself in his depression. And I mean, I don't know how many people that are listening to this know about this, but I had a severe bout of depression like two years ago, a year and a half, something like that. It it lasted for a while. Yeah. A year and a half ago was definitely in the The heart, the heart of it. Yeah. Yeah. 
And like I go, especially going back and rewatching this episode, like I saw myself in Nog so much, just like basically just wanting to be alone. I had like a couple coping mechanisms where like if I didn't have it, like I couldn't function. And like if anybody tried to talk to me about my problems that wasn't like a like a counselor that I was going to specifically, I would just kind of shut down and just be like, I don't want to talk about this. I'm focusing on myself and this is how I'm healing right now. And so it was just interesting to see like Star Trek tackling like mental health issues like that, especially back in the nineties. It wasn't, it wasn't really like a big thing at the time where people would like open, like openly talk about their feelings unless they were just some stupid new age hippie. Or, or or if they, if they dealt with it, it was on a very different level than that episode. You know, it it would be like this episode represented from his point of view, like how it really is for people you know, in a way, whereas, you know, a lot of shows, even Star Trek would deal with people with mental health issues and it would be like a problem to solve, like. Right, exactly. And it would be more about the crew trying to help this individual that we just met for the first time in this episode or something. Not yeah. not a character that we've known for seven years. Exactly. And, and we watched grow up yeah. at that. I mean, that was just ridiculous, like thinking back to like how we initially found found Nog the first time when he was like helping somebody like rob yeah. stuff off the promenade. And then here he is, just this broken man coming back from recovering from a war wound and just going through like severe depression and PTSD. And uh, speaking of that, one of the things I I was thinking about in the last couple of days about Nog is and this is something I've always kind of felt about that character is there there are not very many characters in Star Trek who have grown and changed as much as he did and I would say Deep Space 9 in general like all of those characters really grew way more than any of the other shows yeah. And Nog, especially, like you just said, oh. he went from being a, a kid getting arrested to, you know, being a hero. Yeah. And just being in, like in Starfleet and on the verge of becoming a captain, basically, like that was his career goal, like towards the end. And it wasn't overnight either. Like it, no. it wasn't like, the, you know, we saw him in a couple episodes and then suddenly he became like this major player. Like it, it was over the course of the series. He just grew into this, you know, this much, you know, another thing about Deep Space Nine is more than any of the other series, the supporting cast are very important to to the story. And, you know, characters like Nog and Rom and Dukat and Garrick, like they they're as important as the main cast. And in some cases, Jake, (coughs) they're like way more important than the main cast. (laughs) And Nog, especially. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we don't do on Trek, right? See, we don't (laughs) denigrate Jake. (laughs) I I, I love Jake Sisko. I I think the character's great. (laughs) I do. (laughs) Oh, but I'm, I'm only joking. So, couple of things because you're right obviously nog's development over the course of the seven seasons is 
I mean, not only is it one of the best, I mean, honestly, you can argue, you can literally make an argument. It's the best character development of all Trek, all 50 some odd years. Oh, I agree. I mean, he's literally in the first four minutes of, uh, first five minutes of MS of Deep Space Nine's pilot emissary as a little thief on the promenade, a, yeah. a plot point. And what he, he went on to become through seven seasons yeah. as a character that they started in that way, it's absolutely mind blowing to me that this little throwaway moment at the beginning of Emissary resonates all the way through all seven seasons. Absolutely amazing. And, and we did an episode. One of our first kind of out there topics was top five uh, or not standard topics was top five DS nine recurring characters mm -hmm. and all of our guests on that show obviously picked Nog in the, you know, in the top because. Oh, so there, so there, there, there were did. some crossover crossover yes. picks. So, I mean, for sure. I mean, this guy as a recurring character, he is unparalleled other than maybe Garrick. Oh, G Garrick. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, and just think of just think of what we could have had with the season eight, like like what we saw with like uh, in uh, the, the what we left behind Deep Space Nine oh documentary. Yeah, that stuff is I, I've said it many times. One of my, my favorite part of that whole documentary was all the season eight storytelling stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and it was it, it was tragic that that was the very first scene that we saw them storyboarding was nog <laughs> coming back Let, let's kill nog yeah immediately, immediately. <laughs> tragic but also shows you the importance of nog that exactly a guy like iris Stephen bear who's always gonna he's never gonna take the easy way he's always gonna give no. me the gut punch and i love it because he's quote it, he has a moment in the in the during during that season eight thought process he's like hey this is deep space nine what did you expect man <laughs> welcome back you know we're <laughs> we're killing nog so well i just was, i i loved well aaron is fantastic all throughout that documentary but his reaction to when they're going through that storyboard and he like they, they cut back to him in an interview for him he's like F you ira <laughs> it was a joy i mean Every moment he was on screen in that interview, he was so emotional, so emotive of how thankful he was for his opportunity and the character and everything it gave him. Yeah. Which, which, you know, everyone, anyone who interacted with the guy, whether at a convention or, or online or on social media, you, you, you knew that right away, but to see him doing that in, in this documentary and then having that freak out moment in jest <laughs> was so just brilliant. It's so funny. It's, it's what easily my favorite moment in that, uh, in that documentary. He just storms out of his chair. Yeah. Like the, didn't he throw the chair? Like, like knocked Anybody it over. But Nog, right? <laughs> did, knocked it over. Yeah, you would. You would have. You would have thought it would have been like the bigger, tougher characters, like Michael Dorn would have wound up doing something like that. Yeah. Nope. Leave it to Aaron Eisenberg to be the tough guy and storm offset. Yeah, but I'll say it again. The it just it the reason they killed Nog is because of how great Aaron Eisenberg was and how yeah. great Nog was. That it's not a. It was. It's it's kind of counterintuitive in your mind but that's mm -hmm. what he's that good he's that powerful so let's kill him because that's the way to 
make this because impact. that that will bring everyone back together. Yeah, and then yep. that's going to be like uh, the emotional gut punch that people are going to come out of that. Like if they were to do like a season eight and they were to open with something like that, that would grab people immediately. Like, whole, oh my God, they killed off Nog first episode. Like, within the first few minutes of the very first episode of this fictional season eight. And that's just... Crazy. Ridiculous and crazy. Crazy. That was right. I, I was going to go back to your... your t- in your uh, acknowledgement of kind of the, the theme of depression and the way they portrayed it in this episode. It's... There's probably, you know, there's a good handful of Trek episodes where they tackled that topic. Yeah. Some are pretty good, like Extreme Risk and Voyager. And uh, uh, and I think, like, actually earlier in this season, I think After Image is probably one that it's not necessarily depression, but but mental health with Garrick and Esri. And that was, that was oh, a little yeah. more kind of cookie cutter. Like, it, it just fit into the episode and it was solved at the end. Yeah. The, the thing about this episode where I think it's the best one is because there is – it's not an easy solution. No. And at the end, they're like, hey, are you are you okay? And he's like – and he literally says, no, I'm not okay. But but, but I will I'm, be. Yeah, I will be. I'm going to get there. So, yeah. And knowing that he's going to have to – work at it yeah that that was the perfection. thing that was the thing with it with with like my depression like it's uh, amongst like my friend circle it's it's a well-known thing that you know i suffered from depression i'm in therapy still and everything and like everyone will will ask every now and then like like so how you doing how you holding up and blah 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 it's like oh, i'm doing okay and they're they're like oh do you need to talk about it and it's like no i already have somebody for that but you know I'm going to be okay. You know, eventually I will be okay. I mean, I still have my moments, obviously. And anybody that suffers from depression Mm -hmm. is obviously going to have it come back every now and then. But I mean, to have a character like Nog go through the things that he went through, especially like the road that he took to recovery once he got back on Deep Space Nine, um, I thought that was just a really good coping mechanism and it just kind of helped him kind of get through all like the psychosomatic things. Uh, but then also learning how to cope with day-to-day life, like realizing, yeah, he's going to have his ups and downs, but eventually, you know, he's, he's going to be able to deal with it and he's going to, life is going to go on. I think, what was the, the quote I wrote down from, from Vic Fontaine, which I mean, Vic Fontaine, I, I, I want Vic Fontaine to be my therapist, basically. <laughs> For sure. Because he did a fantastic job. He was He's a hologram, but still somehow he was able to reach Nog more than like a ship's counselor like Esri was able to do. Because his quote was, uh, uh, you got to play the cards life deals you. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but at least you're in the game. Ah, yeah, that's so good. And that's just that's just like one of those like Stuart Smalley kind of you're good enough, you're smart enough and God, gosh, darn it, people like you type daily affirmations that (laughs) I kind of want to write on my mirror and like chapstick just so when the mirror fogs up like that's what I read every day. (laughs) It really it really is such a smart sentiment. It makes so much sense. I love it. No, it absolutely does. What I truly loved is that 
especially with Esri, because I mean, so many people were down on the character of Esri when she first premiered, because, you know, it's it's a, it's a new Dax. It's not Jadzia anymore. And everybody was kind of down on this brand new character. And I think in the look, especially looking back on and rewatching this episode, realizing how much respect I had for her, um, because she she was initially really trying way too hard and then just kind of reading that he didn't, that Nog didn't want to talk. And then once he got the idea to go and live in the hollow suite with Vic, she was like, I don't know about this, blah, blah, blah. And then she came back and uh, was like, Nope, it's time, time for him to leave the hollow suite. This is too much. Your family misses you. Your crew misses you. And this is not going to be good for you in the end. And then Vic kind of talks her out of it. And then, obviously, Nog talks her out of it, too, using the same talking points as Vic. But she was just so hands-off. She was like, okay, I see you're making progress. This is obviously helping. So I'm going to step back, let you do you, and let you keep going. Because it's obviously you're making progress. I'm not, I don't agree with it, but I'm going to let you keep going with down this road. Correct assessment. <laughs> <laughs> I like Ezra. She's a, I mean, she's a she's a great character. There's really no any, anyone that can't see that is not not looking hard enough. Actually, in several ways, I like Ezri better than Jadzia. Really? Yeah. How I so? Mean, it's not that I dislike Jadzia. Oh in, in no, absolutely. I, I we, we would fight if you said you dislike Jadzia. Well, I mean, probably the number one reason yes. that I like Ezri better than Jadzia is Nicole DeBoer. <laughs> She is cool. Well, it's, they're both cool. Come on, it's it's. A, I mean, you can't rank care. Oh wait, I did rank characters. Yeah, I was gonna all say all forty-two <laughs> of them on character ranks at Trek ranks. Oh my god! <laughs> and I'm pretty sure uh, Dax is in uh, Z is in my top ten, and I think Ezri's in the twenties. But, but okay. I love Ezri. I love Ezri. <laughs> <laughs> and and like you were saying about Vic uh, Fontaine, Fark as a as a uh, as an analyst or a, therapist, a, a therapist. Oh my God, he would be the best in this whole episode. I always say this, and that's on a broken record. But the fact that they introduced this character and he works so well in the at the end of season six of this jam packed show with everything else, so much else going on. Yeah, and he worked so perfectly uh, is is nothing short of a miracle. That's Irish Stephen Bear man that he can. Yeah off a character like this and make him so beloved what's hilarious to me is that there are so many people that are like that just completely dislike the character of Vic Fontaine and and also like holodeck episodes I, I like holodeck episodes oh no I do too I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Vic but I don't hate him Interesting. I haven't met that hmm. many people that don't like him. Why? What's your? Uh, you got any issue there, Mike? What's uh... Uh, not really an issue. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I'm just. I don't find the character that compelling. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, 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 not even with this episode. Like, the, I mean, the, the, and this, how he's like basically sentient. This is probably his his best episode. Oh yeah, obviously. Um. And and I mean the 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 episode uh, what is it bada bada bing bada bing bada boom is that or bada boom bada, bada bing 
Um, I mean, that bada episode's bada bang. that episode's bada fun. Bang. That's right. Yeah, that, that episode's yeah. fun, but oh, the, the, the heist episode. But I mean, over overall, I mean, that you know, the characters just—he's not that interesting to me. Well, I love him, and I think, and the, but obviously, in this episode, it works so well with yeah, with him. I mean, James Darren and Aaron Eisenberg so good together. What I was explaining to my girlfriend last night, I was like, yeah, James Darren, the guy playing Vic Fontaine, he still looks exactly the same. <laughs> he does. Right. Like he's he's like he's like one of those guys that's basically been like in his like early 60s his whole life. Right. Like basically like a like a like a kind of like a kind of like, like a Steve Martin. Yeah. Where he's just always looked old. <laughs> it's classic. And and the fact that he was, you know right there with the rat pack and this character's talking about Sammy and Frank and yeah, the whole well, bit. It's just, I always love that. <laughs> really smart. Uh, um, all right. Well, I, I was going to ask you guys and beyond this episode, what uh, this is such a Trek ranks question, but what are your guys' favorite no, other Nog episodes? Ooh, good question. Obviously this is the, 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 the seizure, the split, the season. The siege of AR five five eight. Yeah, that is just because so I mean it obviously leads into it's only a paper moon. Um, I love little green men. Oh, that's what I was about to say. Yes, it's so uh, there's like and again a lot of people get down on Ferengi episodes and everything like I lo- that. I love Ferengi episodes. I love them. I mean, it's, yeah, we should probably count the magnificent, magnificent Ferengi, Ferengi also. May, and, and of course, side note on magnificent Ferengi. <laughs> why it's one of my favorite episodes is because of the inclusion of Iggy Pop. Yes, of course. Because come on, how are you? How can you not like Iggy Pop on Star Trek? Uh, We're waiting. So uh, I, I, I know I know you'll have the answer to this for me, Jim. What what's the episode with the the stem bolts? The self self sealing stem bolts. Uh, the is that wait is it is that the Note Jake Consortium with the the with the, the, the Nagus? The one yeah, where they get the one where they're they're trading where yeah, where, where the, Nog and Jake are trading things and they have this the stem bolts. Yeah, it's the, it's called the Nagus, I think. Oh, no, no, just, no. It's the, sorry, it's progress. It's progress. Okay. Progress. It's, okay. Yeah, I, I like I like that. I like Nog in that episode. Also. Yeah, he's oh, really he's good. That's where they that have one. the Noj Consortium and they end up with the stem bolts and the land. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, I was thinking the Nagus because that's the amazing episode, which I was going to bring up that amazing scene where Jake is teaching Nog to read when Cisco is kind of like not sure of Nog. Yeah. <laughs> and he and he stumbles on them at the end and Jake's out there just teaching him how to read. And and again you see Aaron Eisenberg in that role. He's so good. This the emotion that he conveys. Well again, that's like another thing with like Nog's character development. Like he when they when when he and Jake went on the double date and he was just treating his date just like just like a Ferengi would chew my food, woman. Right. <laughs> don't don't speak unless you're spoken to. And then Jake's like, no, 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 no. Be woke, nah. Come on. Uh, this yeah. is this is like the year twenty two forty three or whatever the year was. And so and and then he learns from that. So he's no longer like a sexist pig. You you mean like twenty three 
<laughs> yeah, I did. Twenty three. What is it? Sixty something. Sixty three. <laughs> Sixty seven something. Yeah, something like that. We gotta get nerdy <laughs> on you here. Oh God. <laughs> Corrections and uh, redactions. Good correction. <laughs> oh wait, because that's in the right very there. first episode, isn't it? Because when because they have like the weird little Star Wars scroll in the first episode of Deep Space Nine, like the year is twenty blah 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 blah, and Jean Luc Jean Jean Luc Picard had just recently been assimilated by the Borg and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. yeah, and then and they should then they show like the Battle of Wolf three five nine. And it's a dark everything. time for the Empire. <laughs> I just remembered you guys were on top five. <laughs> Comedy episodes too, and we talked about Little Green Men and yes. Magnificent Ferengi. Yes, and, and so. Magnificent Ferengi. That that was one of my choices. Wait, where yeah. I, I was. I was gonna say I was like I don't remember. Oh, uh, Fark on wasn't on that. Yeah, one? no, that that, that, that was okay. just me. Where was I, Morehouse? I don't know. Oh, you were on the Klingon episode, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's right. You know, was it Klingons or back. or just plain so, Wharf episodes? No, it was clear. Yeah. It, it, it was a no, clean Klingon. Klingons. We haven't done Warf yet. So, d- uh, do you have a Trek Ranks episode that is top five Nog episodes? No, but actually, I, I'm a bunch of people reached out to me and were like, "Oh, you totally should do it," and they're right. So, yeah, I'm adding it to our fall schedule. We'll we'll probably be doing it in uh, the next few weeks and have it out in probably early November. Well, we will gladly come on that episode. Yeah, uh, everybody wants to be on that. One, I might, so. I might even listen to it. Well, who's yeah. who, who's <laughs> don't do that. Who's uh, more important here, Morehouse? And remember, we can see you right now. Um, you guys are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'll just take a uh, copy of this tape and then I make a trick ring. Oh, <laughs> it's not gonna be any fun for anybody to listen to it again. Well, Jeez. you of course know you're gonna have to pay us residuals for using clips from yeah. this episode, right? <laughs> Royalties. Royalties. This is why it's going to be a brand new episode. So you've you've been to a lot of conventions, especially the Las Vegas convention, Jim. I have many times. So uh, have you crossed paths with Aaron? So it's funny. I never I don't do a lot of interaction with with the cast. I don't really get autographs or photo shoots or anything like that it's well it's really it's it, 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 which thing. actually surprises me that you don't at least just like interact with them more yeah it just doesn't happen that naturally i just i i don't it just doesn't happen a lot for me it's just not not a thing that i'm i'm much more about the behind the scenes guys so i will interact with like the akudas and that's true because i because I, I remember i remember the, like to like seeing your stlv schedule of panels and it was it would always be like producers and writers that you were really yeah. like geeked out about yeah it's funny so so you, you, you did, you've never just walked up and stood next to scott bacula and we're just like hey we were both on enterprise <laughs> no nope. nope. I, I have done that to anthony montgomery because he because he was so cool on the set he was just such a good guy and i and i talked to him about that the way he the way he treated people was just right really impressive so you can read about it on trekranks.com. <laughs> but back back to Aaron. But back to Aaron. I so the only time I met him was when I was on a, a red carpet covering uh, the Discovery Open for Trek Corps, and we just kind of it wasn't you know it was like twenty seconds of hey hello, and hey thanks for for Nog and everything you gave to Trek. But other than that, I, there's not a lot. I, I didn't have interaction, but of course. Every year I would make, I always would watch his panels because 
he, him and Max Grudenchik are just hilarious, especially when they started when they started dressing up as the characters. Just a lot of fun. I mean, just a lot of fun, and what and the energy they put into it. Yeah, what's hilarious is that Max, in his like kind of tribute post that he that he posted the other day, was like uh, uh, something like I'll I, I and and I'll never be able to. Uh, chastise him for changing the lines in the scripts that I would write him for our skits that we would do at conventions <laughs> because you would hear in the middle because like the for, for anybody that hasn't seen that wasn't able to see Max and Aaron in full Ferengi makeup as Ram and Nog they would get up and they would do skits together and it would always be scripted. Max would write the script and he would hand it to Aaron and they would s- semi-rehearse beforehand. Right. But Aaron would always change the lines or if Max would uh, pause for too long, Aaron would go, and then Rom says, <laughs> and just mess right. with him. Yeah, that's right. What's hilarious, because every single time that we played Vegas as the house band or as the VIP band for like the gold party or whatever, I would always make sure to be backstage. Like I, w- I would not sit and watch every single panel every day. But no matter what I was doing, I would stop what I was doing and go and watch the Ramen Nog panel because I knew it would be hilarious and one of the highlights of the convention. Yeah, same. And I'm so glad you I've forgotten about that, but he did that religiously like and then Rom says because <laughs> the 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 bit was always that Aaron was even though Max wrote the stuff. Aaron was more prepared and Max was always just kind of figuring it out as he went. It was really, really, really funny and clever. And, and again, you get to see the emotion that these, and the appreciation these guys have for the characters and the fans. Well, there's a video. um, I think Ira had posted it the other day, or maybe he just mentioned it. Um, But there was a video of them at a convention backstage in Germany. I think uh, Garrett Wong might have might have taken the video and Aaron kind of kind of nudged whoever was holding the camera. I was like, all right, film this. This is what this is what this is all about. And they were about to go on stage, full makeup and everything. And they're walking away and just holding hands as like father and son. And that just broke, broke my dark little heart. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, I, I was just going to add one thing about never really interacting with him and, and, you know, at his table or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Always, I do regret it because he, I, I would always see him tweeting about, I work in soccer and I would, and I would see him tweeting about our teams a lot. He's a, he was a big fan. And I always yeah. thought, man, I need to go like give him my card and, you know, tell him I can get him tickets for, for any game. <laughs> yeah. And, and I always thought I would, but I never did. And, and that makes me sad now too. You mentioned Max's post. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hearing the news about Aaron was really heartbreaking, but then waiting to see what Max had to say and then reading it That's, was just like a punch to the gut. Like yeah. I, I was actually dreading, seeing his post because i i mean you know how close they were oh god yeah they were i mean they they really were like father and son yeah 
I mean, he's uh, the, the, like uh, seeing his post and just the old photos that he had posted, like basically once Aaron had kids and hell, once Max had his kid, like their kids started like growing up together and they would like hang out at conventions and things like that. So basically, and plus, I mean, Aaron was so young when Deep Space Nine started and then Max was so much older and they were playing, you know, father and son that like Aaron grew up before his eyes, basically. Like Aaron was what, 17, 18? Uh, I think he was in his early 20s. Was he early 20s when Deep Space Nine started? Uh, well, it's Deep Space Nine is 26 years old and Aaron was, Aaron was 50. 50 so. OK, so early, early yeah, early 20s. Early but Max 20s. still has a good 20 years on him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's got to be hard for especially for well, I mean that entire cast though, the the yeah. entire cast of Deuce Space Nine was so close, and you can tell in like their panel interactions mm-hmm. and everything that they were all just they were a family, and it just it yeah. b- broke my heart to see like Chase Masterson coming out and talking about that because we were at a, a few conventions where Chase and Aaron. Yeah, we're both there at the same time. Few with Chase, uh, Chase and Max. I, I, I always think about Villains Con because oh, it was such a small convention, but Chase and Aaron were both there, yep. and it was so un like unattended. Yeah, that we just kind of stood around and hung out with the two of them and talked to them the whole time, like specifically you and I. Yeah, and yeah, because 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 you and I stayed the extra day. The rest of the band went back home, and we stayed and manned the booth. Yeah. After our shows. And, and I, I just, I, that's one of my biggest memories of Aaron was that convention because we'd literally just hung out and talked to him and became friends with him. Yeah. I like, I talked about, talked to him about his son. He was, he had recently started taking a gu- guitar. So we started talking about music and like we were, he was telling me about soccer. I was telling him about f- American football. Yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> but then my favorite, part about that villains con thing by the way if anybody out there gets a call from a thing <laughs> called thing called villains con in danville illinois do not do villains con i don't think it exists anymore <laughs> i don't think it does I, th- I think they still run like a comic book store or something there but yeah the the thing was is that there were a, f- a pretty decent amount of celebrity guests there like chase and aaron from deep space nine uh, the dude that played the original Jason uh, in the Friday the 13th movie. Um, a couple people from Supernatural were also there. And That's a f- right. A few other people. I don't I don't remember who, but um, the promoter was not paying any of the celebrities for their appearances. Like their checks were either bad or they just hadn't received them yet or anything like that. And so Mike and I on our final day... We were literally chasing the promoter around the entire convention. It took place in this weird little like farm league, like hockey arena, like (laughs) in between seasons. It was the weirdest thing ever. They put us up in like the grossest hotel in the world. It was so bad. Uh, But on the final day, uh, Aaron and I teamed up and he and and I was like, and he was he was like, hey, 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 how, hey, Fark, how you doing today? And like, that was the other thing. He always remembered my name and he met a ton of people. Always remembered you, my name. You have a memorable name. I do have a pretty memorable name. Max knows your name, too. <laughs> Max definitely knows my name. Um, that's another story. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I ran into Aaron. He was he was like, "Hey, Fark, how you doing?" I was like, "Oh, just got up, had breakfast, uh, trying to figure out how to get paid." And he goes, "Wait, you you haven't been paid either?" And I was like, "Wait, <laughs> no, are you serious that the celebrities haven't been paid, but the Star Trek band hasn't been paid either?" And he was like, "No," and everybody is pissed. And he started using some pretty colorful language, and I was like, "I'll tell you what, you keep an eye out for him." We'll keep an eye out for him. We'll do a little more legwork since you're probably a little more attached to your booth than we are. And as soon as we find him, we will send him your way. And sure enough, we finally found the guy. And he ended up writing us a post-dated check <laughs> for our appearance, which I know was nothing near what the celebrities were being paid. Right. Like, we were small potatoes, like, money-wise compared to everybody else that was there. But... I pointed over at Aaron's booth and I go, that guy is looking for you. And Aaron and I locked eyes and Aaron just flips this dude the bird. <laughs> and then I love it. Flips, I love the, it. flips the promoter the bird. And as he's still flipping the bird with his other hand, starts doing a come here motion with his, <laughs> with his other index finger. And it was the funniest thing. And of course... I look over and Chase Chase Masterson's booth was like right next to his and she is over there cracking up. It <laughs> it was one of the funniest moments. And that that's that's just a great memory of Aaron for me because I mean just seeing him on Twitter and on Facebook and he would interact with everybody. Yeah. And he was yeah. always just so gracious and Anybody that wanted to start talk Star Trek with him, he would love to start talk Star Trek with him. Anybody that wanted to talk sports with him, he'd talk sports. Wanted to talk music, he'd talk music with you. But he always had a hug and a joke, and just that his laugh was just infectious. Yeah. Always, always smiling, smiling, and then apparently always cold. Yeah. Every single time I saw him, he'd either have on like a flannel or a jacket and fingerless gloves. Like fingerless mittens. My my other biggest memory is the first year we were in Vegas because his booth was right by ours. Oh, that's right. And so we, uh, you know, we kind of talked to him a little bit back and forth throughout the whole weekend from our booth. <laughs> I know. I know. I remember le leaving our booth a couple times and we'd, we'd, we'd ask him to watch our booth while we're gone. You're not doing anything, are you? Can you just keep watch our booth while we're gone? <laughs> He's s such a nice guy. So, I mean, he's so funny. I love the way you describe it because his energy is so good on yeah. the screen and off every the way he interacts with people and, and knowing that the colorful metaphors were being used freely. Yeah. Just makes me love him even more. Mike and I are members of a Facebook group called Star Trek shit posting. And it's basically just weird off the wall, dirty, funny memes that have to do with Star Trek. Sometimes it gets political and things like that. Eventually, Aaron joined the group and people <laughs> lost their minds. They were like, oh, my God, there's an actual Star Trek celebrity in this group right now. So every single time, like somebody would make a Nog meme, Aaron would immediately get posted. He would either heart react or laugh react or whatever and sometimes comment my f the, the my favorite thing about that group right now is that Aaron's last post he posted a meme himself and it was a holodeck 
jizz joke. <laughs> and it was like, it was, and it was funny is that it, he, he was, he was making some joke in the meme about Captain Nog telling Ensign Kim to go into the holodeck and clean up. <laughs> That's right. I, I saw that one. I was like, could you possibly go out better on the internet than going into a Star Trek group where you're the only Star Trek alum and making a jizz joke? <laughs> only on Five Year Mission, the, the podcast. podcast. Colon, <laughs> the podcast. The, I uh, actually, I was going to bring that up. That's a good segue. His podcast. Oh, yeah. I, I had just started listening to it. Yeah, about a month ago, I yeah uh, him was, and him and Sirac. Yeah, starting the seventh rule. I started getting around to it just to kind of see what it what it was going to be like, and and it was really good, interesting yeah. because they got into uh, some of the analysts that, uh, uh, and the uh, experts. Some of the no, some of the analyzation of the episode. I didn't care as much about, but, but what they would do is tell these stories on set, things that happened to them and directors yeah. they dealt with and who was kind of annoying and who was easy to work with some really, really interesting anecdotes. Yeah. Some good stuff on there. And again, you can, when you listen to it and he was kind of running the show on that thing that you can hear how excited and how passionate he was about the work and the, and the end product and, yeah. and his role in it. It's pretty, really cool. Really Another just sad thing, knowing that um, that's another thing that's not going to be out there, you know, anymore. Well, our hearts definitely go out to his whole family, especially Melissa, his wife, and yeah. Nicholas and Christopher, his sons. I know it was highly unexpected, and we're all going to miss him, his energy and his sense of humor and just his general love of the fans for sure it's it's hard enough when we lose one of like the tos people yeah but the i mean veterans. they're they're all in their like 80s and 90s so it's, yeah. it's not as much of a shock right it's, you know it's not as as uh su surprising as this and so to lose someone at that young of an age is well somebody pointed out earlier it's like Everybody was just insanely bummed and sad and depressed when, like, Leonard Nimoy passed away. Mm -hmm. Right. And, I mean, obviously, he was Spock. He was probably the most iconic yeah. person to ever appear I on mean, Star he, Trek. He, and he is Star Trek. He, yeah, yeah. Leonard Nimoy w is Star Trek. I almost said was, but he is Star Trek. Yeah. But this was kind of a bigger loss. Like, somebody pointed out, it's like... I don't remember people losing their minds this much when Leonard Nimoy died. And I think it's because it was in a, a way more recent iteration of Star Trek. And plus, Leonard Nimoy, as, as much as he was beloved, like he didn't get the interaction with the fans that Aaron Eisenberg did. Like Aaron wasn't like... Aaron was well known in the Star Trek universe, but he wasn't on the level of like being mobbed like a Leonard Nimoy or right. a Shatner course, or a yeah, Mulgrew right, would right. be or anything like that. But I it, mean, the, the guy's booth was next to five-year mission. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, 
it, like because <laughs> like with a, with, with like the, a lot of the bigger stars, like their their interaction with the fans are more like, oh, good, glad you could come out. Here's here's my autograph. Oh, come in here and pose for this picture for like twenty seconds, and then that's it. Yeah. People would come to Aaron Aaron's booth, someone like Max's booth or Garrett's booth or something along those lines, and you would have conversations. Yeah. You would you would get to know these people at multiple conventions or yeah. after hours in the bars or restaurant and, and, or whatever. And not, not just the one time. Like when you right. come back later that day, they remember you. Or when exactly. you come back, you know, the next day or at the next convention even, like they remember you because you know, they have these real connections with people rather than these 20 second quick little hitters. Yeah. yeah. No, you know, not, not, you know, not to knock the people who are that popular and they mm-hmm. don't have the time to interact that much. I mean, it's not right. necessarily their it's, fault. It, it's excusable and understandable. Yeah. That they, that they can't make that kind of time for people. But Aaron was just insanely personable and things like that. So in the future, if, if you are one to attend conventions, if you, if, if you have a favorite that isn't one of like the more like top tier actors that you see at a booth all day long and they're just, you know, interacting with fans, make sure you go up and at least just introduce yourself, tell them you enjoy their work because you never know like what kind of relationship you're going to be able to form with that person if at all. But I mean, you just never know. I mean, it's, it's, and like Jim said, he, he regrets not yeah. like striking up a conversation or just introducing himself. Cause you never know with yeah, when a case was, like this I might was, come up. I always thought that I would at some point I would say, Oh, I didn't catch him this year. I'll do it next year. So right. sad. And you know, one of the things I was thinking about, when this news hit and you start reading about it and hearing about it. And obviously, you know, most people that are fans of it understand kind of what he's gone through in his life with his dialysis and mm-hmm. being born with one kidney. And, and it kind of hits you like, man, he, I mean, a guy lived with this his whole life. Like yeah. he was this, this kind of danger um, was, was probably something that you do that, you know, from, our perspective or my perspective you would take for granted but i'm sure he lived with it every day knowing that that he needed to live life to the fullest in a way because right. uh because uh, of his uh health and the fact that you know this kind of thing could happen at, at a young age you know he's 50 years old so which is why i think he was just still so so passionate to the exactly. end i mean like in the so like in the in the when the what we left behind documentary just seeing him yeah. break down in tears especially in like that extended interview that oh, the so good that they released today yeah. and like i i was at work and i watched that i was just like oh, i'll just pop over and watch this maybe it'll be like a little lighthearted thing nope he broke down in tears i i i yeah. i started cutting same. onions right there at my desk same it was ridiculous yeah, I did the same when i watched it it was great and then, and the last thing I want to say is just is just to give him the a credit and appreciation for how good the work was, I mean, I, especially it, behind you know, prosthetics. Nog, you know, yeah, Nog wasn't that character just because of the what was on the page. I mean, he was Nog. He made it an incredible performance. Incredible what he brought to it, on and off the screen, and his work you know, just need, should be celebrated because it's so impressive. Yeah, absolutely. 
With that, we will wrap up this episode of Five Year Mission, the podcast, episode 2.5. We will be back next week with episode three. Uh, I'd like to thank Mr. Jim Morehouse. Jim, how can people get in contact with you if they want to get in contact with you? People can find me on Twitter, talking about Star Trek, at Enterprise Extra or at Trek Ranks. Check out the Trek Ranks podcast, trekranks.com. All of your podcast apps. I don't even, I don't know how to sell it. Does that, that sound right? Okay. That sounds All right. right. Yeah. It's just a show. We talk about Star Trek. That's it. Yeah, no. You know, we've we've been on there a few and, times. And you know what? You know, here's another thing. Check out this band five year mission. What? These guys awesome. Love their music. <sighs> not a parody band. Not Hardcore a filk band. musicians, not a filk band. <laughs> But you probably already know that if you made it through episode 2.5 of the five-year mission. No, of five-year mission, the podcast. There you go. And, <laughs> okay. also, and also, right now, you can go to StarTrek.com, and there are currently two articles up about us. Oh, my us. God. Oh, that's right. Those articles, those articles were awesome. That guy did a great job. Yeah, he was, he, he was fun to talk to. But we are not going to get into that. Go to StarTrek.com. Look up Five Year Mission. There's one called The World's Most Prolific Star Trek Band Embarks on Their Final Mission, which let's clear that up right here on the podcast. It is not our final mission. We are moving on as a band. We are not done. We're just done with TOS. It's our final TOS album. Year yes. five, which, by the way, you guys really should be working on right now. So let's get this over. With <laughs> so can... Patrick already has two songs written for it. Yes. Maybe three. Maybe three. All right. <laughs> but anyway, we will see you next time on Five Year Mission, the podcast. Make sure to go over to trekranks.com, listen to Jim rank some things about Star Trek. We'll see you guys next time. You can listen to Five Year Mission's music on iTunes, Spotify, or any other platform that you like to listen to music on. For more information on 5-Year Mission, visit 5yearmission.net or email us at 5yearmissionband at gmail.com. Fansets.com is your home for all things Star Trek pin-related, including pin releases from DC, Harry Potter, and Firefly. You're bound to find something you'll like in the nearly 200 pins. Fansets is currently offering a super limited amount of Brent Spiner and Doug Jones autographed pins. These are almost sold out, and these are also not machine replicated, and both come with a certificate of authenticity. Also, brand spanking new this month, new pins featuring Captain Janeway, Luther Sloan, Major Harris, the Mako logo from Enterprise, Travis Mayweather, Commander Non, and Michael Burnham. And as an added bonus, listeners can get 15% off their entire order at fancess.com through our special discount code. Simply enter the word NOG at checkout, all caps, N-O-G, NOG, in honor of Mr. Aaron Eisenberg. Fansets, we are Star Trek, and we thank Fansets for sponsoring this week's episode.